Welcome everybody to Beyond the Glory podcast. I'm Matt Mahoney, your host, and we're joined by Director of Sports Medicine and Performance, James Williams. James, welcome. The podcast is back. You guys may have to like dust off the app a little bit because it's been a while since we've been on here. But, yeah, without uh, a doubt, it's been a while. I mean, the last time that I remember the podcast, here we go. We were we were at Steve Less's house, and that's been a while ago. Yeah. Steve Less's house. And, and we were tearing out a cabinet uh-huh. in the laundry room. Yep. Um, and you know, I, I was helping, and and my reward for making for for being there to help out mm-hmm. was to be on the podcast. And Correct. so, let's just say COVID. It was hit. pre-COVID. Was the interview? There was the podcast that you were on. Yeah, it was Pre- like COVID. You know, 2.0 to begin with. Before that. So. Right. So can I just can I just blame COVID for all the cancellations, sure, including just, that episode? Yeah, let's just. So it hasn't that. aired, but I think I owe Steve Less um, a little bit of airtime. <laughs> He's not going to let me live that it's, down. It's, it's been a while since the podcast has been around, so. And it sounds like you're not going to let me live that down either. No, that would that wouldn't be any fun if we let you if we let you slide on by. Fair enough. How are you doing? How's the family? Everybody healthy? Outstanding. Yeah, yeah, things are good. Things are good. So uh, we're moving right along. You know, the six-year-old is. So happy to be in first grade, first day back. Got to ride the school bus today with his mask and all of his stuff on too. So yeah, everything's good, man. Very cool. I, I want to go back to the beginning of, of what was the second week in March. It was I'll, a day I'll never forget. It was a Thursday. We had just got done hosting one of the baseball extravaganzas during spring break. And then we were getting ready to host another one with, with Indiana Tech. And I, I was sitting in my office doing the pregame notes, getting ready for Indiana Tech to come in here and play some baseball. And Dale Long, our sports information director, walks by and he says, I don't think we're going to play baseball this weekend. And I'm like, what is going on? And that was when things were happening so fast and things were changing by the hour. The next thing we know, we get an email from Dr. Wilson that says, emergency staff meeting. And I'll never forget the feeling in that staff meeting of when we, when we shut it all down. What was your perspective? So, I mean, we talk about that and, and you say when things were changing by the minute and by the hour but they're still changing by the minute and by the hour. But realistically, let's take that back even a month further than that, right? The softball team was going to Taiwan. That's right. And this whole thing kind of started in China is where it started. And and we went into, I won't say freak out mode, but I started calling the CDC, finding out if there were travel restrictions, finding out what we needed to do as far as softball traveling to Taiwan. And then if you remember, which you were on the trip, I, so I was you, on the should, trip. you should remember, <laughs> you guys flew through uh, San Francisco. Yeah. And so San Francisco became one of the first hotspots that we had, San Francisco and the West Coast and Seattle and all that. And then it slowly started migrating ourself itself this way, you know, for that four to six weeks um, before we shut it down. But, you know, as crazy as it is, I mean, it was March the 12th, yep. like you said. Um, and we were getting ready to play, and I remember uh, Cheats walks in and he says, we're playing tomorrow, we're supposed to play one on Friday, two on Saturday, and then um, the next day he walks in and says, uh, never mind, Indiana Tech's president has apparently called them home, and they're on a bus right now going home, uh, and we said we're gonna shut this thing down for two weeks, and now we look up and it's March the, what is it today, the 26th? I, I still or remember. April, s- August 26th, sorry, not March the 26th. The days are starting to bleed together. I was together say, that would have been the two-week mark, <laughs> yeah. you know, March the 26th. But but. I, I still remember leaving that staff meeting thinking, I'll see everybody on Monday. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's like a rain out. You know what I mean? We got rained out for the weekend. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And even it took a couple of weeks to realize 
the, the severeness of the spread of the disease. Was there an instant or an event that, that it kind of sank in for you? Like, wow, this is more than just playing ball. This is more than just this campus. Now I got to start thinking about my family and how we're going to, I had to Google what quarantine meant. I mean, I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. Yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those situations where, like we said, we thought we were leaving for two weeks. We thought we'd be back, you know, and it was one of those situations of what do we need to do? Where do we need to progress? How do we need to make these things better? And I think it was after that when bowling alleys, restaurants, everything started shutting down other than, you know, basically the grocery store and the gas station. Those were, the, those were basically the only thing that was open. Uh, and if you needed something, heck, you couldn't even find a roll of toilet paper for the longest time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you want to go into a funny story, we can go into a funny story about toilet paper. But, um, you know, it's one of those situations that I think at that point, and then we lost all the athletes being here. We had athletes that had had surgery right before they left. Um, and I started scramble mode of how, how can I see our athletes and how can I, at their most precious time of rehab, how can I make sure that they are taken care of? Um, you know, and luckily, through our relationship with Northside Hospital, you know, the employment with Northside Hospital, and another company over in Swanee called Advanced Rehab, uh, they were gracious enough. We abided by all the protocols of GGC, by Northside Hospital, by Advanced Rehab. They allowed us to use a room, and, and we could see those athletes as we needed to see them. Um, you know, the weirdest part was coming here to get rehab materials that I needed and you pull up in the parking lot, and there's literally no cars in the parking lot, other than maybe the campus police guy that's parked over by the soccer The building's field. locked. There's a sign on the front door that says, turn around, go home. Exactly. And so there was nobody here. We didn't, didn't see anybody. And I think once everything started shutting down, and then from Northside's aspect of it, we went into, we didn't get furloughed, but we got redeployed is what they call it, so that... We're scanning all the employees as they come in, you know, shooting, shooting temperatures as they walk in to make sure that everybody can go, go to work at the hospital. Working odd hours, nighttime, you know, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. and all these times that don't work for me because I'm, a, I'm an early morning person, but I like to go to bed <laughs> when it's time to go to bed. Uh, but, you know, and I think that's when it really sank in that, you know, people aren't coming back to work anytime soon. And nothing's really open other than what you have to have right w at what point if we go back to you know the season was postponed and it was canceled and the dominoes started falling but then at some point in june you had to start planning for the fall so take me to like what are the organizations what are your resources that you are gathering information from to make decisions for us at ggc you mentioned being an employee of northside hospital having a relationship with the CDC. I mean, the Board of Regents is gonna make a decision for all the Georgia campuses and, and not to get too political, even the governor has got a, a role in all this. So it's not James Williams deciding whether we're gonna play ball or not, but where are, where's the resources and the information coming from that you decipher to make a, a plan and procedures for us at GGC? That's probably the hardest part about being here, right? Because Northside Hospital tells me that I have to abide by these rules, right? And then GGC says you have to abide by these rules. And then obviously the CDC's out there and, and we're trying to figure out what their recommendations are. 
We have a fantastic resource in Dr. Audrey Arona at the, um, she's the director of the Gwinnett, Rockdale, and I think it's Henry County um, Department of Public Health. Wow. And she's been fantastic for us. I mean, she's probably to the point now where she sees my text come across and she's ready to throw her phone against the wall, but she's fantastic. Um, she has assisted us with COVID testing for pre-surgery athletes, for anybody that has the COVID scare as to what may happen. Um, if we have any questions, we can bounce, uh, bounce those off of her. And she is spot on. She knows exactly what's going on and, and she's happy to help. And even you know through text message, whatever the backside of that uh, text message may say, she always seems like she's having a great day and, and loves her job. So hopefully she does, because <laughs> I'm sure not only am I blowing her up, but I'm sure that there's plenty of other people that are doing the same for her. But I mean, we have to, to set our policy in athletics, we, we have to use all the multiple sources, right? Um, and so we try not to pull too many because as you well know, if we go Google what happens, you pull it up on the internet. I mean, you can read anything from, I don't know why we're doing any of this stuff to we should still be in quarantine and we shouldn't be out at whatever point. So um, I try to go to the people that I trust the most and Dr. Arona has been fantastic. I also have to um, give a, a thank you to Dr. Diane White from our nursing department too. I think she's kind of leading our whole thing um, as far as GGC and the campus goes. She's fantastic too. She's, she's answered questions that we may have as well uh, outside of that and, and helped us with our GGC policies and stuff as well. So, um, but those people are, you know, those are the people that are the experts in it and know what's going on and those are the people that I rely to. And even going back to the last 45 days in developing a plan to reopen campus and get athletes back from all over the world, by the way, not just in Gwinnett, not just in Georgia, but they're coming international flights to get here. What, how often did that plan change over the last 45 days based on the information that was changing? Uh, I can't, I don't have enough fingers and toes to get to that point, honestly. Changing um, daily, weekly? Easily, easily mm. daily, sometimes weekly. Um, I did sit down uh, and use some of the policies that we have, obviously from uh, Northside Hospital, uh, also some of the stuff that we might have had uh, from the CDC and from GGC. As we know, we thought that we would probably be back and, and we might have athletes and stuff on campus like July 1st, right? And then that got pushed to July 15th. And then it was like maybe August the 1st. Well, we finally had physicals on August the 9th. Right, and so everybody essentially came back August the 9th, but what the normal was at that point is definitely not the normal now. Correct. You know, there's been changes in weight rooms. There's been changes in training rooms. There's been changes in locker rooms. There's been a changes in doing laundry and equipment and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, that protocol was set based off of a certain thing. And then, you know, team meeting rooms. How many people can we put in team meeting rooms? I mean six feet by six feet starts taking up and you start counting the carpet squares that are in here. You know, if you count three, basically three and three each way, even in Studio 5, man, there's not a lot of space for, <laughs> for us to be in here. Correct. You know, luckily you got your Correct. six over there and I got my six over here. Correct. But we couldn't put a third person in here. Correct. And so that leads me to my next question is I, I look at these guidelines and I read them and I, I think about you and I go, how in the world are we going to do let's call it what it is, modern day workouts. You've got only so many dumbbells, only so many workout stations, and only so much space. 
in our weight room downstairs. So how do you implement that policy today? We take it outside. Okay. Okay. So the best thing is, is if we're not in an area, right, and there's free air, uh, we, we understand that we probably have a little bit better atmosphere, right? So we have pushed all the nets back in the batting cage, under the batting cage. Okay. Um, we've set up stations, all right, no more than about 24 in a, in a workout, all right. right? We have six stations that work throughout the area. There's four in each station, so six times four should be 24. Double check with the statistician yeah, back Dale's there. in the house, he's All confirming. Right. So we make sure that we've got 24 people. A contact is six feet, less than six feet, right, for more than 15 minutes. Right. We only allow 15 seconds per transition, so there should only be four people passing at a time, and they only have 15 seconds to get to the other end. So a lot of modifications, not a lot of bars. Uh, a lot of med balls and slam balls and TRXs and um, push-ups and landmines and physio balls and ladders and hurdles and dummies and not our athletes, just uh, dummies that we can jump over things, you know. So, uh, but, you know, you, you try to do the best you can and, and you, you figure it out. And, you know, at least for the first four weeks, that's the way it's going to be. And it may go six weeks. It may go 16 weeks. Right. We really don't know. So. And there's a, even before they get to the weight room or the batting cage or whatever, there is a screening process in place for anyone that comes in the building, you know, staff, administrators, coaches, athletes, or whatever. So what are the things, what are the daily things that are being put in place to contain the spread of the potential virus? So we in the weight room use an, uh, an app called Team Builder. Um, and Team Builder is where most of our athletes pull that up, but we can create a questionnaire on Team Builder. So there's been a questionnaire created on Team Builder that the athlete is supposed to fill out through their login um, so that I, as the administrator of Team Builder, can pull that up and I can see exactly what everybody scores, so to speak, because it's a one and a two score for a yes or a no. Um, and once they complete their Team Builder app, then we scan their forehead with a touchless thermometer and then those are all recorded and they go into their medical chart. Uh, if anybody screens out is what we call it, then we set them up to go see Dr. Arona and, uh, and be tested or whatever her recommendation is at that point. Um, but that goes for all of our admin staff, that goes all for all of your, your students and helpers and uh, our students and helpers and the athletes and, and all that stuff to make sure that we're keeping, let's call it our bubble, right as yeah. safe as as we can as we can keep it um, because that's the ultimate goal is you know everybody says prevent the spread use the mask right so obviously yeah. mine's right <laughs> here i got, got it. it so uh got my mask um but yeah we're just trying to prevent the spread as best we can but if somebody screens out then we want to make sure that they get the appropriate care and i can only imagine the rigorous cleaning so they come in with a screening they pass that they get in their stations and their workout groups and that's one program that's one team they ship out, the next one comes in, get to go through screening, and there's got to be some rigorous cleaning in between there. Yeah, so um, our coaches have been awesome for helping to screen their teams as they come in uh, and then record that for us so that we can make sure that we transfer that data. Uh, but yeah, as soon as the workout is over, um, our coaches are awesome too. Uh, there's, spray there's more spray bottles and hand sanitizer and towels and wipes and everything than you can imagine. Um, you know, and we spray everything down as, as best we can. We wipe it down and we get ready for the next group. We have about 10 to 15 minutes to, to turn it over. Uh, and the more hands we have cleaning 
the quicker it goes, but um, yeah, they've been awesome wow. helping out. Wow, pretty impressive stuff. I, I thought about this too, and, and you mentioned it earlier, we had some athletes get out of season surgery done right before the pandemic and they needed the rehab. That's, that's a prime position and a prime role that you have rehabbing our athletes back to health and rehab is much more hands-on. It's much more close proximity. How do you deal with something like rehab today? Well, it's, it's one of those situations that obviously we try to wear the mask. Well, we don't try. We definitely wear the mask. It's not a try. <laughs> it's not an option to, to, to not wear the mask. Um, and then if need be, we'll wear eye protection as well. Um, and so if we're really close to the athlete, which that's part of our job, right? There's stretching that has to be done. There's massage that has to be done. There's there's multiple things that are hands-on that we are within close proximity of that person. First of all, we try to limit it to less than 15 minutes to, to prevent the spread uh, in the 15 minute of contact. Um, but we use all the precautions. But it's, it's one of those situations that's part of our job. I mean, we can't stop doing our job because of this, right? And it's, it's one of those scenarios that um, we just do the best we can to protect not only the athlete, but protect ourselves at the same time. And it's, it's off to a the semester has started. Athletes are starting to come back um, into the programs. They're going to they're gonna work out for a couple of weeks before coaches and, and potential practices may start. It's a part of this progression that could potentially lead to us playing games in the spring. But I think what's fascinating is you're going to get an opportunity to speak to every single one of our Grizzlies, if not on a daily basis, multiple times a week. What's that message that you deliver to, let's face it, 18 and 22 year olds that are in college to try to maintain that, that, that procedures and that safety and the security and that bubble that you kind of talk about? Well, it's, it's one of those situations where when I was in college, man, I, I enjoyed my college time. And I told, our, I told a group of athletes last week, I literally told them, I said, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here in the fact that if you go out, then you don't know where anybody that's around you other than the people that you are with and where they've been. And honestly, you don't really know where you, the people that you have, are with have been unless you live with that person, right. right? I mean, I don't know what you did last night. Right? You, you don't know what I did last night. And so just because we're hanging out, I mean, we're friends. I would assume that you were trying to keep you and your family safe. I was definitely trying to keep me and my family safe. Um, but it's one of those situations where I tell them, I get that you're 18 to 22 years old. I get that you're in college. I get that you want to have fun. But like you alluded to, we have to have that bubble. It's working for the NBA. It seems to be working for the NHL. We're not having a ton of issues there, right? But we, we're kind of keeping those people close to each other. And that's what I tell our kids all the time. Look, I get that you want to have fun. And I get that there's no sports right now. But at the end of the day, if we become the Florida Marlins and we have nine people or 13 people or whatever their total number was, we're not going to get shut down for nine days until we can allow it to pass. Unfortunately, I think we're, we're going to turn into like we're done for the semester and then we hope that we're going to come back in January because we don't know where it's going to go. I mean, we don't, we alluded, alluded to this before, 
We don't know what the next minute, the next hour, you definitely don't know what the next year holds, right? And so I, t I was talking to one of our coaches the other day. We're always trying to promote integration with our student athletes and the rest of the, the people on campus to, hey, come watch a baseball game. Hey, come watch a softball game. Come, come to the soccer match, whatever, tennis match, whatever the situation may be. And I said, I almost feel like now we need to take our athletes and we go create our own little four-man or six-man or whatever corner so that we're isolating ourselves so that we can kind of create that bubble. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Because as an athlete, we're all social people, right? We, we have that, we like to be around our teammates, we like to be around people. Um, and social distancing, <laughs> you and I, I yeah. mean, like we said before, we, we can't reach each other, right? right. Uh, and so that connection's not there for them. And, and, and it went back to physical day too. You know, first day of physicals, we're running 15 people through this building. This, I mean, this is a pretty big building. 25,000 square feet, two stories. Right, and so we're running 15 people through every 30 minutes. And they're all so happy to see each other. And, and we're like, back up, put your mask on, you know, like herding cats, like we've yeah. said before. Um, but right now it's working. and. That's, what, that's my message to them every day, is I get it. And, and I really want to just say, I'm sorry, but there's not much that we can do, you know? And, and this is the world that we live in today, and if we continue to do what we're doing, we're gonna be okay, you know? And from that selfish standpoint, I need those athletes to be here, because as an athletic trainer, if I don't have athletes to work with, um, I won't be able to provide for my family, and and do all those things that need to be done. That so. makes two of us, buddy. Right. Because <laughs> that's what I was getting ready to say. Like the, the path to success for us is getting back to the field, right? To, to, to getting on those fields of competition. And as we are working toward that, you and Shira and your whole staff will get a lot of credit when that day happens. I mean, we're going to have you throw out the first pitch of baseball. <laughs> Shira's going to throw out the first pitch of softball. And because we're going to owe, we're going to be in so much debt to you and your staff, and we're so thankful and grateful. It, it, I know it echoes in the walls of this building what our coaches and our administrators think of you guys, but I, I wanna say it to everybody out there that we're so fortunate, so blessed to have you guys here to, to coming up with these protocols and, and everybody abiding by and hoping that we get to those sounds that we love to hear out here at the Grizzlies Athletics Complex. Yeah, well, as everybody knows, when you when you sign off, you, you always give the, the person that you're interviewing the chance to, to do a shout out. Yeah, and go I definitely ahead. Have to, uh, <laughs> definitely have to shout out Shira. I mean, she is, she's the rock. She's the backbone. She's, she's what makes our department work. Uh, her toughest job may be just literally dealing with me on a daily <laughs> basis. Uh, I'm sure that there's days when she's ready to kill me, but, um, you know, we've made it work. This is year number nine for us. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, year number nine of athletics, and Shira's been here just like I have since day one. Um, and she knows all my quirks and can almost finish my sentences and stuff for me. But, I mean, she's she's what makes it go, and uh, she's awesome. She's, well, we, we certainly appreciate, uh, appreciate your time here today on the show. Looking forward to get those Grizzlies uh, out there um, in, in the spring uh, for all six of our sports. But uh, I know you're busy. You've got the rehabs and workouts waiting on oh, you yeah. downstairs. I really appreciate your time and being here. No, I, I just want to say thank you to you guys. I mean, I, I want to reach out and say thank you to our coaches, our staff, our administration for dealing with us and bearing with us. And I know it's a pain to, 
come in and get your temperature checked and have us ask the questions all the time. Have you had a fever? Have you had a cough? Sore throat? Shortness of breath? Lost your taste or smell? I, I get it. You You're know? getting good at that. Uh, it seems like it's... Oh, <laughs> I, I, it, it pretty much rattles off now. I had to teach a CPR class on uh, Saturday and they were all like, uh, you're not asking the correct questions. And I just turned around and said, here you go, you can ask the next one. And the next person that was screening was like, uh, have you been around anybody that had COVID? Uh, have, you, uh, have you had a fever? And I'm like, man, <laughs> get with it, come, come on. on. Let's go, it, we're, we're taking too long to screen these people in. But no, I mean, you know, it, it's a process and it's, it's a new norm for us right now. But thank you to you guys, thank you to your crew for what you guys do too. I mean, you have a great, you have a great group. And so, um, I don't know how long we'll be screening in, but if, if we're screening in in January, we'll be screening in January. So I'll, I'll be here with bells the, on what the, what the NAI says. So. Yep. Absolutely. Appreciate that, James. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you.